Welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully, and I don't mean to be petty, but I'm going to call them our flute benders. Oh, yes. Because I want indeed. in on some of this flute bender action. Yes, our I want to bend flute benders. flutes. You want to bend those flutes? I want to bend a couple flutes. Yeah. So, so my flute benders as well. Hello. Stare at yourself <laughs> and uh, teach yourself to play the flute. Yeah. Get the oh, kung yeah. fu battle with yourself. You got two of me. Yeah. Boom. Uh, uh, so that was not me asking you to say our little flute benders in the future. Oh, it's going to happen from no, now no, on. No, no, that was me just wanting to get some flute benders <laughs> get out there for in this moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I feel like for the it benefit... occurred to me after the fact that I might have derailed that bit. Oh, but don't. No, it's fine. I it just occurred to me that I we've now spent so much time talking about flute benders in front of a guest who might not know what that means. Oh yeah, that's true. I may have to explain it one more time. Uh, welcome Frank Farrell to the show, everybody. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, real quick, give me a r- real. Quick synopsis of flute bending. Have you seen Alien Covenant? I do not see Alien Covenant. Okay, no. not to spoil Ooh. anything too heavily, but Michael Fassbender yeah. plays multiple roles in it. Right, because he's the the androids. Yes. Right. Yeah. And at a certain point, one of the androids teaches the other one to play the flute. Oh no! And it's the most sexually charged scene in any movie from 2017. Fassbender on Fassbender. Fassbender on Fassbender. Just teach himself to play the flute, baby. Wow! It's and amazing. It's made in a way that it's supposed to like titillate. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. not even a joke that that's being made like. It's supposed to be like that. I mean, Fassbender yeah. is very handsome. I think. <laughs> yes, that's like well learned. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard that uh, Alien Covenant. I liked Prometheus, and Me I heard, too. I heard that Alien Covenant was not as good as it should have been. I I like Prometheus better, but Covenant like definitely kicks ass. It's good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like I liked both of those movies. Prometheus, I think, is uh, maybe a little more interesting, but Covenant is a very fun alien movie that does continue some of what's awesome about Prometheus. Cool. And speaking of handsome, it's got Catherine Waterston in it. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like. She's one of my favorite babes. <laughs> a yeah. fetching woman. She's a fetching woman. <laughs> she's just she's just cute as a button, but she has to fight aliens. That's and great. that's pretty cool combo. Yeah. So uh that's flute bender. Oh there uh, flute bender. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, flute bender. Bender. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 You know, I gotta say one time uh I almost said flute bender. One time, <laughs> Fassbender was on Letterman, uh-huh. and when he showed up, I was like, "You're a de- you're a deceptively ugly man. <laughs> you think he's a hunk, and I'm not saying he's not a hunk, but he rolled in, and I was like, you 'You're kind of crazy looking when you're not in a movie,' and he yeah. looked kind of crazy. Interesting. So just he saying. has like a good angle that they've just like, yeah, they found the angle, <laughs> and, he, and he also wasn't performing, so he wasn't putting on oh, a character. Sure. Yeah. So he was just chilling, and I was like, "You got crazy eyes. You're weird looking. And I look." And I was so I he got removed from my island. I kind of feel that way about John Hamm. That when I see John Hamm outside of movies, he looks yeah. a little more like doofy than he does yeah, like in, in movies. Well, he's like good at he can look sharp, but he sweats booze better than <laughs> yeah. any other actor. Like he's really good at the sweating of booze in a role. Yeah. And so that covers the goofy because it's inherently goofy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel I, like yeah. John Hamm like also like intentionally makes himself a little doofy like outside so people will leave him alone i, I like a little <laughs> bit i think like my understanding is he's like a weird like comedy nerd yeah uh and has been for like a real long time and so like i kind of get the impression he is just a bit of a goofball and right. like a little doofy in real life yeah and he just like the character of don draper like he's very good at being that character 
And because that's how he broke into all of our lives, we like see him as this like slick, suave kind of like man that is actually like just this weird, goofy, like middle-aged man. Right, know? right. They said that about uh, Gandolfini too, is right. that, uh, that like we all picture him as like Tony Soprano and he's like actually like this like really like quiet, like like please leave me alone. I'm a serious actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be like my Italian stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, R.I.P. Mm. Mr. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always forget that he's dead. Yep. Because he's like one of those like uh, he's just woven into the fabric. You know? Yeah. He, yes. Right. Sopranos was huge. Yeah. yeah. He just he exists as part of our like lifetime. Maron. Yeah. Oh, Maron. Uh, so today we are here to talk about I know one of Dan and I's favorite movies. Um, we specifically chose Frank because we were looking for a guest that had not seen this movie. Uh, because if you're listening and you have seen this movie, you will understand that it's a really fun one to experience with somebody for the first time. Uh, we are talking about Neil Marshall's 2005 movie, The Descent, uh, <laughs> which I fucking love. And it occurred to me rewatching it tonight that I, I truly think, I know I say this a lot, but I think this is the, this is the movie that like, in my, as I was transitioning out of my teenage year, I was, this was this came out my senior year of high school. Oh, nice! This was the movie that I was like, "Oh, right, horror is actually cool and interesting. I should watch more of this." Mm-hmm. My, a buddy of mine worked at a movie theater at the time and had to convince me to see this because I was adamant that I was like, "I don't really like horror movies." I was just at the time I was yeah, like, yeah. "I don't know, I'm not really into it." Monsters in a cave, see whatever. It. I don't and. And I honestly, I was like a kind of a scaredy cat too. I was like, I just, I don't, I don't like to be like overly scared by movies. I go to movies to be entertained. And he was like, you need to see this movie. So I went with him and it was a packed house. And, uh, you know, the moment where the monster shows up on camera in the background, the entire theater just like exploded. And I was like, oh, that's what these movies are about. This is why I do it. I had a similar experience. I've always been a horror junkie, but it was at the Philadelphia Film Festival one year. This was playing, and it was one of those movies that was just kind of buzzed about. Everyone's like, oh, it's not just a cave movie. Go see the the descent. It's not just uh, some throwaway creep, creep fest. And so I went, and it was one of those nights where you invite a whole bunch of friends mm-hmm. because you know only one's going to show up. Yeah. But they all showed up. Woo. So we had like a row of people, and it was, a, once again, a packed theater. And that exact same moment, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an entire theater leave their seat at once but for that one time. Yeah. It's really phenomenal stuff. Re- and it was really cool to watch it with Frank tonight Yeah, and watch him go through those same... Uh, emotional responses just yeah. on a couch with Dan and I. Yeah, you two were uh, very kind. Uh, I, I spent like maybe a third of that movie with my eyes between my arms, not even my hands. Like I crossed my arms and like was like peeking through. But oh. less so about the monsters, more so just about the fucking cave. Yeah, the yeah. cave. <laughs> the cave freaked me out. Like the mon. Like honestly, uh, besides like the jump scare, uh, the monster stuff. Like it turned into like an action movie. Yes. But, like, I found that much less stressful. I guess that's always the way it is. Like, I found it much less stressful than the anticipation. I agree. Of just this, like, cave, just claustrophobia. Oh, brother. It's one of the best things about this movie is that it spends so much time not being a monster movie, Mm. but is a legit, like, tense horror movie the whole time. Mm -hmm. All of the cave stuff is so claustrophobic and so effective that by the time you get to the monster stuff, you are so wrapped with tension. Yeah. The monster stuff doesn't necessarily feel like horror as much as it feels like the release of all the tension mm. that you felt over the course of the movie. It moves the escaping from the cave way to the back burner. Yeah. So it almost becomes relaxing because as opposed to this complete mystery, there becomes a a 
literally tangible uh, obstacle to overcome. There's a very direct goal that they yes, have to like accomplish. We've got to stop the monsters, and then we'll, you know, and they do tie that in, and I, I don't want to get too it, but they do tie that in functionally to the concept that, of course, this would be near the exit of the cave yes. yep. because they have to go out into the woods to hunt anyway. Yep, yep. Right. Yeah, they, ba- they basically find their feeding ground at the end, which mm-hmm. turns out to be their saving grace, quote unquote, although we can't really say there because <laughs> yeah. only one of them makes it out. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I felt f- like also like finally, like like when you're watching Jaws, I was thinking about Jaws a lot during this. Sure. When you're watching Jaws, I never am like empathetic with the shark. I think like the shark like goes after them like intentionally. Like they kind of like do that where like that shark's not an ordinary shark. Yes. He has like yeah. insane revenge qualities. Yeah. yeah. This whole movie, I kept thinking like, I'm not like angry at these monsters. These right. monsters are just being monsters. Like yeah. these people have invaded their space. Yes. So I was like very, I was very pro every <laughs> every oh, death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would agree in that it's like these were these were monsters where the food actually walked in. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's not like they were like, oh, we're gonna get these bitches. It was just, oh, food just walked in. We should we should eat it. Yeah, the I mean, food. Yeah. They're literally animals. Yeah, right. Animals. I mean, they 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 make reference to that they're human of, of some kind. Mm. Um, but they they certainly uh, uh, interact with the world the way we understand like animals interact with the world. Sure. They act on instinct. They're just looking for food. They have to functionless survive. eyes the yeah. way that deep sea fish that don't have any light do. Yeah. But they did seem they did seem to react like and there was a point where which which I thought was cool where they like the that like female creature definitely responded with like, oh, you killed my whatever and I'm going to like now attack you with rage. Yeah, yeah. That was like so cool. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh that reminds me a lot of like I am legend, where it's like, oh, there's like a whole this is a whole like society. There is a a culture of some kind here. And you have like invaded. Oh man. There's like six different like genres of horror in this too. There's oh god, it's like body horror and uh-huh. monster horror, and then just like gross out. Hey, this movie, I get that caves are made of water. <laughs> water was gross it's in so this movie. Disgusting. <laughs> it's I mean, especially the like the blood mud at the end. Oh my god, is so gross. Yeah. It literally that woman's hair becomes like dreadlocks just after like one bath in the uh, in the blood mud. Mm-hmm. It, it's so crazy. It pulls together the same in- imagery as something, and she actually has similar qualities to a sissy spacek. Yes, uh, physically, so that when she steps out of the blood, it you know whether it's purposeful or not, it evokes Carrie. It very much, and that is a very Carrie. striking of. A woman with glowing bright eyes yes. covered completely in blood, yeah. but you get the eyes through it. Yep. That's so cool because you can read that as complete distress or you can read it as like, I am so broken that now I can I can do the breaking. You know, like the, yeah, it, yeah. That's some good stuff. It's so good. Before we get too far ahead, yeah. we were talking about how this is a good cave movie mm-hmm. long before it's ever a monster movie. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a better cave movie than a lot of just cave movies. Yeah. And a better monster movie than a lot of just monster movies. But similarly, it's always mentioned in the same breath as uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, uh-huh. which tonally different but pulls the same trick where... If the monsters forgot to show up, you're just in the middle of a sweet crime thriller. Yeah. Right. You know, if the monsters didn't show up this time and we just watched a cave movie, it would have been just as good. One of the best cave movies. And then it pulls out the stops and you go, oh, those monsters. Yeah, yeah. It's And I, I truly think it's like, um, uh, for me, this is like more effective than From Dust Till Dawn because From Dust Till Dawn pulls like a full 180. Yeah. 
where it doesn't feel that connected to the movie you were watching, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. This feels this like it's there. all of a piece, you know? And also that goes into just the way the creatures are. Like, yeah. these aren't monsters that are aberrations or mutations. These are... It, we Evolution could reasonably believe, believe that they would evolve to yeah. be like that if yep. they just were a creature that yep. no one had seen before. Yeah. You know, whereas the, you know, in From Dusk Till Dawn, they're playing a guitar made out of a guy's corpse. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's a little different. Yes, definitely. Which, hey, Great. Super it's awesome. <laughs> it's great. That was not meant to be a slide on from dust till dawn. <laughs> no, it's yeah, awesome. That's, uh, play all the corpse guitars yeah, you want. I'm yeah. in. This Sign just this works better for me as far as being able to go like this movie is fucking great. Mm. You know? Uh that and that's one of the things I like about this movie is my love for it extends beyond just the genre-ness of it. Mm. Um I, I think it's like a pretty beautiful movie to some extent. I mean, it, it it's a difficult movie to watch in the sense that they're it's pretty much only the natural light uh, that the girls bring with them. So if there is ever light, it's from one of their flashlights mm-hmm. or a flare or a glow stick. That's uh, great because it creates an environment that's not there. Yes. Uh, when we were looking this up while we were watching the movie, the in the uh, uh, internal shots, we'll call them, the inside interior. shots. Interior. Yeah. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. And love drugs. <laughs> uh, the interior shots were shot at Pinewood Studios. Yep. And so by having it just the lighting from their glow sticks or their their uh, spelunking helmets. <laughs> yes. There was a word. Um, you know, just by doing that, not only does it give us the claustrophobia, but it just masks the fact that they're in a soundstage. Yeah. And you said it. I said it. The uh, This is the first time I ever even thought of it as not a real cave. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I guess just my dumb 18-year-old brain, like when I've seen this in the past... I've just assumed they were filming this in a cave. I don't know why. Now as a 30-year-old man, I'm like, who would do that? That's yeah, insane. It's, it's a terrible idea. But yeah, I always assumed it, it as well. It's very effective in selling these sound stages as a as a cave. I bet there was probably like maybe four panels of rocks in one tunnel, and they just kept switching the angle. And it never looks like it repeats, nope. but I bet it does a million times. Yeah, probably. looking for it. Yeah. Mm. It's very effective as far as that goes, I think. It really sells the... The environment and the terror of that environment. Yeah. Especially because, like, one of the early obstacles they face is, like, um, uh, the the main character, um, I can't, Sarah, uh, like, gets stuck. Right. Which is a fear I think any of us would have in his terror. She just is stuck in this tiny I little space. I think the space. loudest reaction from this trio sitting here was that. Yeah. You know, monsters and everything, whatever. When she was stuck and just couldn't breathe right. It's so, and that's like the first, that's the first quote unquote obstacle, but it's not really, it's her panicking. Right. And so she can't fit through a space that she actually does fit through. She's panicking, right? But then the cave starts to collapse on it. So like we go from like the stress of like, oh yeah, fuck, caves are terrifying. Like you could just hyperventilate and suddenly you're stuck even though you're not stuck. And now the cave is collapsing Mm -hmm. and we are just immediately thrown into the like, just the biggest possible fears you could have of an unknown space like that. And then the movie just sort of continues to tumble through like obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And that's also the first moment that while she's trying to survive, she's having the realization of, oh, this isn't this isn't at all a mapped cave. Yes, you know, that we're yeah. being lied to. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucking Juno. That's that's the thing that like when I watched this the first time, the Juno plot, like the big twist with her, quote unquote twist with her at the end was very surprising to me. I was like, oh my God, she was cheating on, uh, her, her husband was cheating <laughs> right. on her with her. Right. Uh, that felt like a big twist to me the first time I saw it. I didn't notice all the pieces they had put into place for me to know that. Uh, having rewatched it a bunch of times, you can see all those pieces. It's threaded throughout pretty much. 
And now let me see this. See, that one I picked up on right away. Really? When, well, when they're at the lake, yeah. when I first saw it, I was confused as to who was going home with who because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything pre-established. But there's a line, and I think we missed it. Of, I, I forget who said it. Yeah, whatever. Either way, just towards the beginning, there's, there's a couple sideward mm-hmm. glances, and I just noticed it in terms of, like, I used to watch a lot of sitcoms, so you'd yeah. be like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Those things were hidden well enough for me the first time I saw it that it was a big surprise to me when yeah, they yeah, revealed yeah. that at the end. But well, they do reveal it a little bit early on when she says, uh, when the one girl, I forget what it is, Susan, I think it was, that got neck-stabbed. Beth. Mm-hmm. Beth. Uh, Beth. Beth. Beth, yeah. She gets neck-stabbed. It's just that every woman's Susan to me. That's yeah. just how it all when she says to her, she's like, you know, you can't be such a wanker or whatever this. <laughs> and she said, you know, everybody lost something. We, lo- in that we all accident. lost something in that. We accident. all lost something. But that's then, a still a vague enough line. But she said, I just wanted to hear you say it. Okay. And so she kind of does like, a, I, I see you. Yeah, you know, I know. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because also that's, but a, still, it's that's an insane those, thing to say. Yeah. I read all that stuff on it now, but yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. I think very intentionally. I can see missing it. Yeah, laid yeah. out vaguely. And uh, as an 18-year-old, I just, like, didn't see it at all until mm. it came at the end. Oh, also, fellas, I mean, I get that she, like, broke down. That punishment does not fit that crime. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, stabbing oh, yeah. stabbing her in the leg. Like, I, I think the movie tries to sell us as, like, yeah, she's got her justice. But I was like, I don't think so. That's, like, well, that's see, I unreasonable. That she got her justice. I read it as, like, she's just fucking broken. Oh, up. yeah. So she's, and like... She is all about survival. Because the whole thing with, with Juno is that she just... Yeah, she's part of the crew, but if she can get ahead herself, she'll step on anyone. Oh, yeah. So that was her moment of just being like, well, I got to get out of here, and you're the bait now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, peace, bitch. Well, and, yeah. you know what I like about that, though, is, and this kind of. I don't believe in vengeance, but at that moment, it's more about her being like. The bear. She's destroyed to the point that she's going to give vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about that moment is, uh, and this jumps us into the ending, but I think that's okay. We can bounce around Whatever. with this. The American ending, where it just ends with her. I think that's supposed to be Juno in the card. Do yes. we agree with that? Oh, that's yeah, that is Juno yeah, in the card Juno that pops card, back yeah. up. Yeah, absolutely. So, what the American ending does for it is exactly what you're talking about, Frank. I, I think that this movie, it, in the American ending, is very much about cycles of trauma. It's this traumatized woman that goes into this cave only to experience more trauma. New trauma yeah. yeah. And we, to some extent, because of the way she's shot throughout those sequences, and uh, we are meant to believe that she goes through some sort of rebirth, even like her exiting the cave literally looks like a birth. She's covered in blood. She breathes a big breath when she comes out. Right, yeah. Um, So I think we're supposed to have a small moment of, oh, this whole experience has brought her... Back out of her trauma. Yeah. It, right? She's right. She's o- overcome. But only to see Juno dead next to her in the car because I think what she does to Juno does not fit what Juno exactly. did to her. Like she has actually started a new cycle of trauma by having done that to Juno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because Juno did not deserve that for what Juno did. That's not saying Juno doesn't deserve some sort of justice, but that that was not justice for that, that mm-hmm. crime. I would yeah. agree 100%. That's like and a I way think, to read that ending, I think. I think yeah. that's the way to read that yeah. ending. Because she is, uh, I, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say that she is now experiencing the same thing as Juno did, right? But she sort of is to some degree, in that Juno has to, she deals with the trauma of the fact that she sort of, she lost someone prob- special. She lost someone her. special, but I think it suggests that she probably feels like she caused that accident mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. because they started to have a discussion about how they were distant. She didn't see that discussion, but I think there's that sense of, oh, I messed up something there, and that could be a thing. And then also when she kills uh, Beth Beth, by accident, and she covers that up, but that's guilt that she's dealing with the whole time. 
And so now our lead character in hallucinating Juno is feeling a, you know, being haunted based not out of accident, but out of, uh, you know, out of having done something wrong, you know? So she's, in a way, it is growth. Yeah. But I just think that's neat that it does parallel Juno's thing there. Like, she has been reduced to that as well. Well, and, and Juno does lie to her, and she knows Juno lies to yeah. her, which I think is a a somewhat viable, for me, like, when she is uh, already at this moment of, like, extreme stress, and to have Juno lie to her about that uh, in the moment of realizing that Juno was, like, a mistress to her husband. Like, right. all of that's right. happening at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do buy her motivation to leave Juno dead there, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, whether that's actually the right thing for her to have done or not, oh, I, sure. I think it's definitely questionable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely it buy her motivation. It was a logistically smart to, move because she, yeah, she distracted the creatures. Yeah. But at the same time, it was one of those, like, it's logistically smart at the expense of her friend. But she now is just like, yeah, but she would have done the exact same thing for mm-hmm. me. So screw it. And yeah. yeah, whether that's right or not. But yeah, then she is re-traumatized by the guilt from that. Yeah, and that's kind of what her I... first trauma is not one that I... I mean, I'm sure she feels some sort of guilt over it. Sure. But she wasn't driving, wasn't right, really right. doing anything. It was just sheer chance. Yeah. So that's like a new, yep. you know, a new development to her, yeah. her trauma. Whereas this, she has every reason to be like upset with Juno. Juno brought her to that cave and shouldn't have. You, you know, Ju, she finds out Juno was her husband's mistress. Juno then lies to her about murdering her friend. Like, you know, mm. it's like thing after thing after thing for her to pile on. It's to all this, like, Juno's Juno hatred. fault if you look at yeah, it the right yeah, way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's no. Oh, there. there I can't wrap my head around uh, the type of person who's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to do this thing first. Yeah. I always talk about like if I I'm like so grateful that somebody invented boats i always talk about like if i like if i existed like in in olden times mm-hmm. and i was on an island if i was on an island let's say Garrett, like i could see you on another island yeah. and there was a body of water between us yes it would never ever occur to me <laughs> ever to build something to get me to you ever like how many people had to be completely on fire yeah before we understood a little bit how to control fire right like so many before we even understood an iota of how to control fire thousands dead yeah so of I, being completely exactly. on fire yeah 100 percent. so like and like i'd be like well so glad someone that's, figured it out. that's the way it is well yeah. i was like well uh, fire does that to you yep that's fine and we i'll keep going so many poisonous plants i know each one of those at least a hundred people ate and died before we figured out what was up so i have no desire to find a new cave i don't yeah. care if they yeah. name it after yeah. me i'm fine this movie like really like solidified within the first 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, oh yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna do that. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna come. I might not even do. I don't even want to go to the tourist ones. That exactly. They're worried about in yeah, yeah they freak me out. Yeah. I mean, it might be cool, but I also feel like, yo, what if that's the day the earthquake happens? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's that. Nothing scares me more than thinking I've already made the decision that that made me that's gonna make me die in a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what oh, if I've made yeah. that decision already? Yeah. Right. Terrifying. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I so. Yeah, Juno, like, I guess, I guess they, the movie does do a nice job of setting up that, like, Juno of all of them, you are Sucks. most ready to be like, oh, yes. she, she's got to die. That moment that happens at the end feels so cathartic, yeah. like, at, in that moment, because mm-hmm. you're right. so on Sarah's side, I think, yeah. and you... Well, it tickles that oat, that whole just like, yeah, fuck you, bitch, that yeah. catharsis yeah. that movies give us that yeah. real life should not, you yes. know? And that's what, and that's where I kind of do like the American ending to some extent because mm-hmm. I think that it, 
it gives you something to chew on as far as whether whether what happens between her and Juno is an okay thing to be so like jazzed yeah, on yeah, when yeah. it happens. Because when it happens, I'm fucking charged and I'm like, yes, get yeah. it, Sarah. Yeah. And then she gets out and she has that vision of her and it and it's like, oh man, I now I have to think twice about how I felt about that cathartic moment. Yeah, she's not out of the out of the woods. It's, yet. I mean, uh, it's, oh, oh, she's yeah. not out of the cave yet. Which yeah. ultimately then is the the UK ending is she truly is not out of the cave yet. We flash from there back to her being in the cave. She sees her daughter with the the, the birthday cake again, mm-hmm. and we're just left with her in the cave. But the interesting thing about that ending is we also never see creatures again when we come yeah, back to the right. cave. And so there are people that have sort of theorized that it means she just went nuts in that cave and murdered her own friends mm-hmm. um, during some sort of hallucination of, of monsters, um, which is a very interesting ending and interpretation. But I don't know that that I don't know that it. Has well, you can also just like dissolve that a little bit, yeah. and have it the monsters did exist, yeah. And by the end, she just yeah, she's fucking insane, yeah, like, yeah. She is, the, the trauma set in immediately, yes. you know, like that kind of thing. And I just I don't know if that's actually as rich to me as when it cuts off on the American version. It leaves you thinking about that image of Juno, and mm-hmm. it leaves you thinking about those choices that they've sort of all made over the course of this movie. That's also though I. Cause I do like that read. Yeah. Cause that that is a good read, and I you know I, either ending's fine by me. I oh, don't yeah. actually I, have a preferred. I do one. like them both, but I do like that read a lot because yeah. I've never thought of it that way, and that's really cool. I think though it was probably employed for the reason of ah yes oh, yeah, yeah and that's for sure. that's such an American thing, especially yeah. in two thousand five. Um, You've both seen Paranormal Activity? Yeah. I, I have not, but I is. have seen the ending. Okay, yeah. so yeah. the ending is quite literally just a yeah. moment. Yeah. And the original ending is much slower, I've softer. Seen that too. There's no jump scare, and it's really deeply effective. That first mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity is a legit, really great movie. And it's a moment that's much slower. Yeah. And I th- I might be giving misinformation, but I think it was Steven Spielberg That's what I've heard too. said to the people who made it. He was like, this is a really good movie, but you need the crowd buzzing. You got to give them a boop at the end. Right. Yeah. And so, and he's right. And yeah. the descent did get a following in America, at least in a culty way. Sure. And that decision probably had a lot to do with some of the mainstreaming of it. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah, the, that got it a sequel. Yeah. Because that UK ending is a very kind of like UK ending. It's just a slow, sort of thoughtful, like, what are we? What is happening? What are we watching? And yeah, it leaves you churning, but it leaves you churning over different ideas, I think, than the American ending, which is, is interesting to me that it's such a slight change, really. You know, it's like mm-hmm. 10 more seconds of footage. But it really does change, I think, like the impact of the movie, depending on which way it ends, oh, which yeah. is pretty interesting. My, I think my favorite idea from this movie was Holly. Yes. I love... This is such a, a horror movie. Like, horror movie writers yeah. are very anti-initiative. Uh-huh. Anytime anybody is, like, very, like, driven or, like, ambitious, that person will immediately pay the consequence <laughs> for it. Because she's not even selfish. Like, Juno's, like, selfish yeah. and, like, greedy. Yeah. yeah. Holly's just like, no, I just like want to do it. I'm yeah. just like, and like they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah no. People who, she was reckless. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's bad news. Bad news. Can't yeah. be reckless. Yeah, you're gonna oh reckless. that oh man. Ooh, that leg that scene. Leg is that what scene. you're getting to? That leg scene. Woo. That's like where like they can really lean in. 
and I feel like like I feel like the movie makers have an edge, right? Because yeah. they all know it's special effects, and they're all hanging around, and they're, they're yeah, yeah. like, I'm surprised that people don't do it more. I wonder if it literally is just because I, as an audience member, cannot handle just like a zoom in shot on a bone, yeah. slowly being put back in, <laughs> even though it's like made of styrofoam. Yeah. So the the filmmakers could be like, oh yeah, we'll just do this. Like it's like oh, yeah, yeah. you know being a zombie. And they don't hear the sound. Else. The yeah, foley yeah. workers yeah. gotta like oh. do bubble paper and the stuff. The sound in it. this was so good. I was oh, thinking, great. I was thinking the whole time that this could be a silent movie. Oh yeah. And it would be just as effective if you kept the uh, yeah if you kept the foley stuff and if mm. you the score is bananas pretty the, great the score is so funny like it's so and it feels intentionally over the top uh-huh. it's trumpets which yep. you never hear it's like silly but really almost. only when it gets to the big moments because yes. it's rather minimal throughout the whole thing oh yeah and it comes back to the very carpentry riff which is boom boom yeah. yeah. Boom, boom. And yeah. that's always like a moment of, of initiative yeah, when they yeah. do it. But we all know, oh, you're fucked. Yeah, no and, good. And, but yeah, when it gets, by the time it gets to the monsters, it, it becomes almost heightened. It's but a, well, it's in that moment, huge... she is swimming in a blood lake. So yeah. it is, the movie has now heightened as yes. well. It does match with the, the relative rates of that. It's a very orchestral score when yeah. it gets yeah. to those like big intense moments. And it does feel heightened cool. in like a, a very intentional, just sort of like. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like way over the top, though. But right, like it doesn't works fe- for the movie. It, it's not. It's not suspenseful. Right, music. It's like very just much like we're going. To, it's like you know, like Phil Spector. Like we're just going to throw a wall of sound at <laughs> yeah. you. It's cacophonous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's Actually, Phil Spector worked on. No, he didn't work. Yeah, on yeah. He worked on, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> he played the monsters. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's a documentary where Phil Spector holds everyone at gunpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> takes them down to a real cave. <laughs> Well, there is. I would I would pay any amount of money to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> if they were like if they were like Phil Spector, you know, deeply hurt a lot of people to make this, this movie. movie. I'd be like, so what do you expect? Like forty bucks for my ticket? Yeah. Because oh. I'll pay it. I'll pay a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. There is something interesting about it being that big orchestral sound that's like a wall of sound. Yeah. Because it is taking place in a cave where if you were to say try and have even a small three, four, five piece orchestra play a little something, it would echo so much throughout the chambers that it would become this big loud sound no matter what you did. It's kind of interesting that it takes that approach to And it to does yeah. kind of have that music hall sound to yes. it. Yes. Like it does, whoever recorded it, does give it a little bit of that echo. Which is pretty interesting. I, I never even thought about that sort of aspect of it. Where yeah, the, where the, it's echoing off. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Because like, I think by the time they get to even to the, the mud blood pit, yes. uh, they've added like timpanis to it. It's like oh, yeah. trumpets mm-hmm. and like timpanis. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, crazy. What is going on? Yeah. And then she comes up and she's covered in blood. It's very apocalypse now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the best shots of the movie, I think. So like, good. Once she hits the puddle of mud, um, <laughs> she gets, and she's in three inches of blood. Uh, she, I'm just naming bands now. Uh, <laughs> she is... Like from that moment on, it's just like every shot to me is like iconic. Oh, it's a godsmack. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every shot is like iconic at that point to yeah. me. It's I, I love that stuff. Well, Neil Marshall's definitely a director that is uh, influenced, much like the movie we saw last night. Uh, oh, upgrade, upgrade. Yeah, where they're they're so influenced by the almost novelty of our taste in eighties mm-hmm. genre cinema. Yeah, that. It is partially inspired by, but also homage to. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that iconography of her at the end is designed to evoke a hand-drawn poster from the 70s. Totally. You know, like it's, it's all that kind of stuff. It's even those Dutch angles. Like once they get to the sort of feeding ground, the bone pit, mm-hmm. everything becomes Dutch angles where before it's like, 
you could argue that maybe you're watching Dutch angles before that, right. but it's your the geography of the cave is very intentionally like I don't even know which way is up or right. down. Th- yeah. So like you can't even really tell like am I looking at a Dutch angle or am I it doesn't even really there's no way to read that. But once you get to the the bone pit, you now have like a sort of steady horizon of bones that he uses to do these like really crazy angles throughout the whole thing. It gets like so much more intense as a movie. The and moment that, they that's get kind to of that. the part too, where because we've moved the cave adventure to the back, mm-hmm. you know, to the back burner, it it suddenly gets a little bit more level ground. It opens I think that's up. a lot why yeah. it's you know the monsters are when we all take a breath of yes, like yeah. relief. Oh, thank God the monsters! Well, it's like up. a bigger open space. It's a bigger yeah. open space, yeah. and because of that layer of bones, it, there's more geography yes. to it, yep. and it. It allows us to to forget about the fact that they're lost in a cave, whereas totally. without that layer of bones, it is just showing us how lost we are in a cave. Yeah. I mean, you spend literally forty five minutes of this movie like having no really orienting moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it is a very long stretch that is just tension, yeah, and it's very disorienting. Mm. Um, only for but them, not incoherent, right? We talked about that. We that goes through a that. lot of it stuff does. in this, the editing and everything. But first here. It's it's confusing and disorienting, and you feel lost, yeah. but you never lose the ge- like the geography of the movie as needed. Yeah, you, and I think a lot of that, especially in the cave stuff, is we're tracking the kind of relationships of these women mm-hmm. uh, and the way they're relating to each other and reacting to each other and who's getting injured and how they're dealing with that. I think that that is the sort of that's the geography of the first hour. The first hour has no physical geography. It's very right. disorienting. But and it's yeah. also teaching us how cave spelunking is done. Totally. You know, I'm not an adventurer. Here's, what, five adventurers going through. Yep. They know how to do it. I never knew that's how caves work. Yeah. But it sets up the rules for how we're going to have to move through the cave when the shit starts to go down. Exactly. Super cool. It's yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking like if I was once again like if I was a spelunker and I got into that big like room like in the beginning and they're like oh this way I'd be like oh no that hole that hole's very tiny. Yeah. yeah. All right. No ways. I right, guess gotta go back up. Yeah, I feel like I would, I would land and I'd be like well so that was fun. We yeah, we yeah. did it. We did it. Exactly. We did it. We're this done. So it. what do we do? Look Just at this. chill we down are, here and have a beer and then climb back up. We're currently in a cave. That's yeah. what we came to do. Get into a cave. We're in one. Yeah. And now we can leave. We're at, we're done with the cave. Although if I'm being honest, they would take me up to the edge of the cave. They'd yeah. be like, "All right, we're going in." I'd be like, "Well, that's the end of the trip for me." Yeah, um, because that that is the Earth's that. asshole. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going. I'm inside not getting in. Yeah. Um. Just the tension of the first time Sam has to climb across Ooh. that, like the ceiling, and she's I believe it's just a chasm. That's the chasm. The word. Yeah. Holding herself. Holding herself up. up. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And then she finds that like whatever, 100-year-old, uh, I don't know what their carabiner or whatever that's yeah, like yeah. already in yeah. the rocks. Yeah. Risks everything to just use that because they don't have enough equipment to actually do it on their own. At the same time, though, what better advertisement for this carabiner is safe than it hasn't moved in 100 years? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it in terms of that and as a preservation of materials sort yeah. of thing. She gets another one. But it does follow that like that rule that you guys are talking about of like oh once we get to the bone pit suddenly everything changes because then the second time she does that suddenly like I, I like I said like that was the part that made me most nauseous suddenly the camera starts oh, it's spinning, spinning around yep. her and I'm like what is happening they do that great shot that's inverted where it looks as if the ceiling is the floor and so you see yeah. the creature crawling upright yeah. as opposed to upside down right and she's almost raised on the rope that yeah. she's hanging from I don't know why I'm hand gesturing on a podcast <laughs> again but you guys get what I'm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it inverts Up it like down. that, almost to the point where 
I wonder if that was like done with just a table and they had that guy crawl. It looks fantastic. It looks really good. It doesn't yeah. look as alien as if they, you know, were, were to flip it. He looks we're like he's really, the there's weight yeah. to the way he's moving. Yeah. Ooh, that's some beautiful stuff. Do so you think it's like a, a 60s Batman thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I... <laughs> this movie had during scene breaks, it was like, <laughs> it could only be better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That would make, yeah. There are a lot of bats in this movie. It would be it would be one of the creatures' faces too, just like yeah. blah, 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 but it's just like. So I spent some time paying attention to whether I would see creatures early in the movie. Yeah, I caught one. I caught one that when she is looking at those like I don't know what they are stalagmites or stalactites, mm. the ones that are hanging from the ceiling when mm. Sarah is just shining her flashlight into them. Yeah, there's like a moment where she passes and you can see like basically one of their like backs. You can oh, just see wow. this like black back. And then she like comes back to it, and it's already gone. That's not the one that I oh, saw. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, I know what you're talking about because yeah. I thought maybe that's one. There's one that I saw, and it was definitely one. Yeah. I forget where it was in the movie, but the way that the shot was set up, I think it had two of the women in the foreground. Yeah. I'm doing the thing with my hands yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And to their stage left, my right, there's like a dip in the rocks. Uh-huh. And so in the background, you can just see like the legs of a couple of the other uh, main characters. But there was one too many. Oh. And it kind of like is there for half a second because when, when the shot opens, it's already on its way out. Yeah. And so I don't know if I just miscounted them. Yeah. But it looked specifically alien. And I thought that was very neat. That's awesome. I think that might be one of them. That's because I've read this on the Internet. I don't know how true it is. or whatever. People talk about like if you really pay attention to this movie through that whole first hour where there are no monsters, oh if you God. really, really look, you can see in various shots like just monsters hiding out. I think that might be a heightened thing. That's what I think, I've always too. thought that, but I, I have looked for them before yeah. and thought that I've seen them. But most of the movie, because I was thinking about it this time around, most of the movie is very tightly shot yes. in terms of... Because well, uh, their light doesn't travel far. Their light doesn't exactly. Their yeah. light's not traveling far enough, so it's just this small circle in the center of a screen. Yeah. So the only time it really makes sense to even look for it is in the shots where it opens up. Yeah. And so I was pretty vigilantly looking in the shots yeah. where it opens up, and I only caught that one. And I only caught that other one. You know. So, yeah. but honestly, that's two is a really cool that's thing. Pretty you cool. Know? Yeah. And the fact that we're now looking for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious to see if. Um, uh, there are more. You know, I'd be curious mm. to see if anybody's done like a breakdown of like, yeah, here I found seven monsters in the movie, and you know. you look at the the white, <laughs> the white river rapid scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see like them like swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look really close, he's dri- one of them's driving the truck. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the reason they crashed isn't because he's evil; it's because he's blind. Yeah. <laughs> he just can't see anything. He just got his hands on a truck while he was hunting one day. Yeah. Lost it. That's the descent too. It's a prequel, yeah. and it's one of the creatures just like gets a little too far out in the light and just starts feeling his way around and steals a truck and That's starts so the descent. And kills the husband. Yeah. Kills the husband. Yeah. Ends up having an affair with Juno. It's a whole thing. <laughs> you know, And that's what inspires she her to go down dog. in there. Yeah. It's Yeah, she's a sport. Yeah. Is that what they said? I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what they she, said. She's a, oh, I'm a sports fuck like yeah. Juno. I was like, I don't think that's the phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive that's not the yeah. phrase. I'm, I'm almost positive that's not a phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, by the loosest well, definition. Well, there would be like fucking for sport, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think she's like using that phrase as like, I'm a sport fuck. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is... You just, know she is, though? She's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Because Juno, uh, you know, and I get it. It's all right. You're not awful. You're just trying, but yeah. you're you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know why I'm, killed I, all your I immediately dislike Juno? Is in that, uh, that uh, rapid scene, 
the two of them are wearing helmets, and she's not wearing helmets. She's above helmets. No, it, no, no, no. The, that was one of the things the husband her pulled husband the helmet off. Pulls her. the helmet off of Juno because oh. that makes her seem like that much more of a jerk. Yeah. She's in the water because when they, you know, they all fall yeah. out of the thing, and yeah. she's like swimming for help, like rescue me. And the guy helps her up and does all that. Yeah. But she's also the one that's just like, I'm in charge. I can do it all. Right. And it's like you just you just go with oh, yeah, wherever that, you gotta go. That's you know? so funny. Like seeing it now for like whatever the third, fourth, or fifth time I just mm. saw it. Like watching those very early moments where Juno is pretty directly flirting oh, with yeah. Sarah's husband. Oh, yeah. And him with right her. in front of Sarah. Yeah, yeah. she should have known. Yeah. <laughs> I think she did. She definitely did. Yeah. But it was one of those, you know, like that Blink 182 song, Stay Together for the Kids. Remember that jam? <laughs> yeah. Tasty. But uh yeah, I uh oh man. This movie just fucking rocks me every time I watch mm. it. I love it so much. It's and I just love like I love the pile of bones that she craw- she has to like crawl across as she leaves the cave at the end and that crazy shot that like really wide shot of mm. just that mountain of bones that she's crawling up. Oh, it's so good. I, I, uh, visually it's so cuz like I I got a little nervous cuz the the beginning dialogue yes is Comically, like heart B movie bad. Yes. It's functional. Like, it's, it's functional, functional and only functional. Yeah, functional. Yeah. We even said like, ah, my sister. Like, and like, yeah. let me hug my sister. Yeah. Like, but like, not only that. Like, it's like, oh, Sarah, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there. Mid-terms. Don't worry about that, Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? You couldn't come to her husband and daughter's funerals because of your midterms <laughs> from, from the most violent fucking death yeah. ever imaginable. You couldn't come. You couldn't like write a card and yeah. say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It definitely, but I like that. I'm always a fan of like there has to be some exposition oh, somewhere. Sure. Yeah. And the fact that they, they just they take three minutes I to lo- just knock it all down. And it doesn't then feel do like a movie. dump. They do yeah. it in a you know it's domino rally. Yep. It's going yeah. Because the one part that that gets everything, she sets up all the rules uh, right before they find the dead moose. Yep. Uh, the one I forget which one of them. Either way, she's reading the guide. Yes. And she's like, just so you guys know, make sure your lights are on down yeah. there because without the I lights, think it's Sam's blah, older blah, blah. sister is reading. Okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was Rebecca. I think that's Rebecca. Yeah. And she see the, the naming worked. This it is did. the best yeah. I've done on names in a movie yeah. in a decade. Yeah. And um yeah, and so she goes through all of like kind of the rules. Like, oh no, there's no there's no blah 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 down there. That's that's how you get it done. Well it's functional, the- but it, at least it's not just someone being like like oh, the worst one, and I think we've talked about this on the show, is in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Catwoman wants this computer program. She's like, tell me, do you have the, whatever it's called, like the pirate list? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? The list with all the names and passwords of every FBI agent <laughs> in the world? Yeah, yeah. Why would I carry that around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What was uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Yeah. I just rewatched Avatar. And oh, God, that's so full of it. It's so full of it. And I get it. I get that he's like, well, like, I, I always say this about uh, Inception, which yeah. I love. I love Inception. I love Inception, but Inception, every line of dialogue is exposition yep. about the rules. Every, which I think is impressive. I think it's impressive to do a movie where yeah. literally every single line is, "Well, this is why this works, and this is how this works." Like it's, my buddy Steve always talked about that movie rules because the main character is actually Inception, and everything else <laughs> yeah. is supporting. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. That's a, yeah. It is like it is like just like showing you the Rube Goldberg machine and then just hitting play, like yeah. it's just hitting that domino yeah. and then like letting it go. Yeah. But Avatar, like he does that. He's he's just like here, come here, character who's been here for years, this is her whole life. Yeah. This is what we're here for, unoptonium. Yeah. And this yeah. is you, like and you're like, well, that's no one would talk like that. Yeah. That's I insane. did learn something interesting about that. Unobtainium is a real term 
used in the military when they don't want to speak specifically about whatever it is they're going after for whatever reason. Either through we don't know what it is or you you don't have the clearance for it. They refer to it as unobtainium. It's so funny. Yeah. I, That's so, but it's such a weird thing. Yeah. Like, I would have just in the movie given it just a name. Yeah, well, because in yeah. the movie they do treat it like that is quite literally the name they have given that yeah. mineral. Like, you know, why wouldn't they have given it? Yeah, that yeah. Name right. That's yeah. yeah. It's so funny that like, well, like that. I mean, that that could be a whole different thing. Where like James Cameron, James Cameron has such a like a uh, deep respect and yearning for the military and their gadgets, but then mm-hmm. also all his movies are like, but this is why the military is bad. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it's very strange. Yeah, this is like. And you know what I appreciate it is because, like, in the end, I think it's functional because in the end, that that exposition like doesn't even matter. No, it's not what this movie's about. Right. And there's such strong character work in the sh- in the cave. Yeah. that sits on that bed of exposition. Yeah, that it's like I'm actually glad they didn't dilute the the cave moments with exposition. With, exactly. Yeah. And so they did an exposition dump. Did it in a way that. You know, we all laughed at it because we're yeah. nerds, but for the most part, like uh, it works. It didn't take enough time for it to be a hindrance to the movie, yeah. and it does once again speak to quite exactly the type of movies that inspire it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go see the exhumed stuff, yeah, those movies are exposition dumps <laughs> masked in the dumbest ways, and yeah. that's so much fun. It's so charming. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I think for a cave movie, a cave monsters, yeah, get me there. Yeah, yeah I, that's yeah. fine. Uh, so what I like about that rule scene, though, where Rebecca is reading from the book and saying, like, here's what can happen when we go down there. We have to be careful. You could get dehydrated. It's going to be darker than you expect. Blah, blah, blah. One of the last things she says is you could experience auditory and visual hallucinations. Right. Yeah, I did hear. But yeah. the way the sound is mixed on that is her voice is literally fading away. Like, because they're, they're, the camera is just about to fade into the next scene. Right. And they bring the volume down and bring the volume up on, like, the background sound of, like, the woods and the cave and the blah, blah, blah. So that, like, they literally try and hide this. They almost bury this very important piece of information that, at the end, this may just be Sarah going crazy. Mm. That may be all this entire movie is. And they bury that one little detail that gives you the clue that that might be what's happening right there at the end of her reading all those rules as they bring the sound down on her reading those rules. I kind of love that choice that it's like, if you're not paying attention, you're not going to hear that line. Mm -hmm. That line is just going to be lost in this movie. But if you are paying attention, it gives you a real, especially with the original ending, like the UK ending, like it gives you an explanation to some extent of what may have happened over the course of the rest of the movie. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it seems like a throwaway line, yeah. but it's also like... It's a potential you know, yeah. explanation for what will come to pass. Mm-hmm. When I, I love stuff like that in movies where it's like, when you get to the end and we could have four very totally different but valid explanations for what happened, I love when the movie has these different sort of breadcrumbs throughout it that mm-hmm. could lead you to any one of those explanations. And it's it's... I mean, that's the best thing in a horror movie is the ambiguity of it. Yeah. Um, horror is always in what you don't know. Yes. And that even comes down to the... Uh, we all know of my love for It Follows. Yeah, yeah. And it's that sort of sort of same thing where there's a million questions that you could ask and there's a million ways that you could answer and they're all defendable. Mm-hmm. And since they're all there, they're all right. You yeah. know, it's the Schrodinger's it's better cat. They're all there, you yeah, know? It's better yeah. that it's that way. Yeah. yeah. It has to be that way. Uh, yeah, mo- the Guest I mean, is another one yeah. that is very much like that. Most things um, are scarier when you can't understand them. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, and uh, I, I think this movie very much that works in its favor. There's very little. We don't know much about these monsters. We only know what the doctor tells us in her 10 second autopsy. Right. You know? like, right. It's it's all about the unknown. And I, I, I love that. And just the way it's shot. It's all about the unknown. You can barely see anything for like an hour of the movie, you know. Yeah, I did write down that one point. I was like, are these humans? Like, I think there is a good chance that these are humans. Yeah, that have just that evolved have... in a cave. It's like those, uh, you know, the... the yeah, someone uh, got trapped down there thousands of years ago. Right, it's, just it's, the, fucking... it's the ultimate culmination of, like, those bush people who, like, start to, like, just, like... You know how, like, they get, like, a language? Like, have you ever seen any of those shows where, like, it's, like, the bush people that, like, live, like on their own in Alaska and don't interact with anybody. They have like their own they have their own dialect. They Whoa. all yeah, it starts to affect the way they speak. Like yeah. w- within a generation. Like all the kids kind of mm. like develop like a, a the same exact weird. Yeah, lisp. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so like that's just the ultimate culmination of Is like that yeah. what the, have you ever seen Happy People? There's a Herzog documentary. I yes. think that's yeah. I haven't seen that. Is that I'm thinking I think that's it, what it is. Yes, it's about that. Yep. Now I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's like listen to the ways that they talk. <laughs> it sounds funny to you and me. <laughs> yes. But to them it is day to day life. Yes, Werner Herzog, who <laughs> always who sounds very normal to us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Like Does the, they have hopes? <laughs> Does they dream? <laughs> Uh, the the question that kept popping in my head, which I, I thought was like really interesting, because like, we even like talked about it. I think I, I I said at one point during the during the movie, I was like, you know, for for Sarah's character who like went through like so much trauma, as yeah. you said, the what is, what is there fundamentally about humans that we need to survive? Like there would have been like at some point where I've been like, all right, I give up, like yeah. come get me, but like she like continues to mm-hmm. like her survival is paramount for her. like like and i think at like the ba- it's not even like a conscious decision and i think that's really interesting she literally has everything stripped away and there's something very instinctual about survival like i always think of survival as like a conscious choice of like okay i'm gonna fight for this i'm gonna fight for surviving and i don't think it is it, i think this movie's saying it's not right it's, movie, you take everything away and that like, survival might be the only thing that we have yeah mm-hmm. that it's like her her most natural instinct yeah um because i do well that i was gonna say that when we were talking about the american ending before i think that is technically another way you could read that as far as the cycles of, of traumas things go, is that, yeah, she is reborn through this process. She really she goes through this whole thing. She really does come out a different person. It's, it, it is of some kind of benefit to her. But at the end of the day, she is still traumatized. Right. That, like, she can survive all she wants, and she's going to because that is what we do. That's how we are as humans. We just continue to push through and push through, and every time we think we don't have anything left... We have so much more to give and so much more capable of survival than we thought. And that's what she discovers, that she has so much more than she ever thought she was capable of by the end of this. She survived something that she just, she already thought she had. There's literally a line in the movie where the one girl is like, what are you scared of? You've survived the worst thing that's ever Mm -hmm. going to happen to you. You have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, get through this cave. Turns out there's way worse things to come. And even those she can overcome, that's what she discovers, that she has way more strength and power than she ever knew. And even still... She comes out and she's still traumatized. That there's like no like yeah, yeah. that even though we do have that instinct to survive and we are way more powerful than we ever could have imagined. Right. That does not nece- that in and of itself oh, yeah. doesn't erase the, the purification. Trauma. Yeah, that's 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 not going to just go away. Right. The trauma and is that's still kind of a, yeah. a discarded yeah. narrative nowadays where we try to you know just eliminate the ideas of cheap catharsis. Right. So I do like that that yeah. read quite a bit. Have you ever seen? Uh, 
127 hours. I haven't actually. It's well, in that movie, Danny Boyle. Uh, Danny Boyle. Yeah. James Franco. Yeah. It's about the dude who gets trapped in yep, a cave yep. and stuck. And I read an interview with the guy that it was about because mm-hmm. that's a pretty crazy thing to decide. I'm gonna cut off my arm. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've heard of like animals trying to chew off their leg and all that. And yes. It always seems yep. so basic, so primal, so animal. And uh, I read an interview with the guy where he described it in a way because. You know, we're talking about how it is a primal thing to just, when everything's taken away for some reason, <laughs> some reason life uh, 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 finds uh. a way. <laughs> and um, But in the interview, he said how, he almost made it poetic how that primal thing came out. He said, there was a point where I'd gotten through all the flesh and I just had to break the bone. Uh-huh. I just had to break the bone. And he said, it, it, I didn't feel any pain and it made all the sense in the world. I thought... Am I really going to give up what it's going to be like to live another 60, 70 years because I can't break my bone? <sighs> That's just stupid. That, does, that doesn't make any sense. Of uh, course I'm going to break this bone. That's, it, uh, that's such a dumb choice to make to not yeah. do this. So I'm going to do it. He's like, and I did it, and it didn't hurt, and I got it done. Uh, it, and it's just crazy to think that that was that yeah, survival right. instinct yep. kicking in. But the humanity of it was something that is beautiful. Yeah. Where you just thought, there's so much I have left to give and so much left to receive and see. I can, I can that's break worth up, this. I can yeah. have a really bad next couple months yeah. for that. Mm. Like, that's, that is a small price to pay to get that back. Yeah. And I, I always loved that read on the idea of just. Yeah, it is in our animal to be surviving, but it's, that's not necessarily an animalistic primal thing, you know. It, that was always cool. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I man, and, and Sarah is like a really fascinating character to me because, especially because the, the what is the actress's name that plays her? I know you were looking it up before, but also the 127 hours guy. He's traumatized forever yeah, about yeah. that. You know, yeah. that's uh, not going away because right. he had this catharsis. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, let me get that actress's name. Oh, and you know it's funny. I was looking it up because I forgot her name. You know who she reminds me of most in the imagery and even the way that she's scrambling up the hill at the end. Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. No, Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The thing about Texas Chainsaw is when that ends, yes, she gets out, but that's yeah. yeah. Guess what? This defines your life. You I know. know? And I always and she's that nuts. Uh, not, not you know that's that's a reductive way to say yeah. it, but she's definitely got a screw loose running out of there. I always say, and that this th- has that. It, this is adjacent to that. Yeah, I mean that ending in Texas Chainsaw. I always say, like you know, you could make a sequel to that movie where she just is Leatherface now. Mm-hmm. That like that whole experience just turns her into the thing that she like had to survive. Uh, yeah. W- yeah, which is very interesting. Well, I mean, like yeah, I mean, like you, you like you go to the like the Joseph Campbell you know, a hero's journey where yeah. like, you know, and that's like the very like primal simplistic thing of like you go and then you come back and you're changed. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the best like representation that was always uh, Tolkien in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Like that was like the culmination of like, no, I actually went through World War One and I can tell you that you come back and you're changed, but it's not good. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's new it baggage. Mean it's yeah. better. Yeah. 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 There's new uh, baggins baggage. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, oh, no, you know what I'm not going to do? I was saying, I could get into Annihilation about this, but oh, then we're going to yeah, lose yeah. everything. So I'm not going to mention yeah. that. But the actress's name is Shauna McDonald. So I think she's fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Because she makes Sarah such an interesting character who, in the beginning of the movie, is one of the most panicked characters I've ever seen in a way that is so believable. She has, like, believable fear and panic right. on her face. But you know what? Even before she has that accident, she has that put together yeah. about her sure when she's on the white water rafting thing she's yeah. totally put together um especially with the second time around when she's looking over and it's like it's obvious my husband is fucking juno <laughs> yeah yeah and 
she has this knowing look, but it's like, whatever. And she goes yeah. over to her daughter almost immediately. It's just, yeah. hey, I, I got this kid to raise. Yeah. And then, yeah, but then she, when she is broken. Well, no, my point was she is like so terrified through like the first hour of the movie in a way that's you so mean, like, believable. In the, in the cave? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was saying like before the cave, the characters yes. actually rather put no, together. No, I understood yeah, what yeah, you were saying. Yeah. But my point was that she in the cave is so terrified in a way that's so believable that I, I like mm. very rarely see on screen where she just, re- I buy that terror. And then in the last half hour is the most believable badass I've ever seen in anything. Like she is so capable of delivering like she literally delivers like three or four characters worth of performances in this movie, all contained in one character. And I believe that that woman contains all of that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's such a full, because we get the full read. Because then to my point, she is together. Yes. By the time she suffers that trauma and she's in the cave, she's doing this in a motivation of, I've still got that old way. Yeah. This didn't change me for the worse. I can go cave, you know, I can go spelunking. Done. Yeah. And then she's terrified. Yes. Uh, Almost surprising to herself, not really surprising to anybody else. And then ultimately, yeah, it is her, her, her instinct that gets her through. Yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible performance. She's she sells like, all four she of, sells those all of yeah. those things. Yeah. It's crazy. You were saying that she uh, was in uh, Last Jedi in a bit part. I wonder if she's like exclusively a Pinewood uh, Studios oh God, actress. Yeah. Like that's the only place well, she'll you, she'll act in. You made the point early in the movie, Frank, that like the, it's the kind of movie where it wouldn't surprise me if these are mostly like stunt women yeah. that are that are getting their first actual like on screen roles to some extent. Yeah, I don't know that that uh, bore out to be true as Dan as Dan was looking at them up. But it, it certainly seems that way to some extent that they're the reason we haven't seen them in a lot of other things is not because they don't work, but it's because they their normal work is not to be the actress that's in the movie. Exactly you know? right. We've actually seen them like hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is none like, of them have any stunt credits. Okay. Oh, okay, but I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, because they don't have a lot of credits. None of them have a lot yeah. of credits. And I'm pretty sure that the role probably called for you have to be yeah. uh, fit to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. That draws a certain type. That's true. And they just also happen to all put on really tremendous performances. They're all really great in this, I think. I mean, Sean McDonald is not, you know, a famous enough a- actress that they call cut, and then they, all right, get her out and get the real, right. like, I'm sure yeah, they, ca- they, true. they keep her in. They're like, all right, here we go. There's plenty of shots where you can you can tell it's these actresses yes, doing a they lot do a really of, nice. like, really physical stuff, um, which, which is really impressive. Um. Uh, so, how, how do you guys feel about like when it does get into the action of it all? How that stuff is like shot and presented? Because there were certain times where I was, I almost wanted to be mad at the movie for being so hyper edited. Mm, yeah, but that does work in the context of this movie to some extent. I think at its time, it was probably the best example of how hyper kinetic editing and quick shots could be used well yeah now as my tastes are i was a little frustrated by yeah it. i was i did feel a little bit where it was like i know this is supposed to be disorienting yeah. and it's not outright incoherent agreed um and in the movie's very good about walking that line yeah but there were certain points where i just looked at it and thought give me three more seconds on that shot yeah. and i can make this better yeah. like that i just you know? wanted to see more of certain things. Yes. There were just certain shots where I was like, I wish this hung here. For a, bit. a director that's so interested in doing really gruesome stuff and showing it for a long time, there's like 
five or ten missed opp- missed opportunities to do exactly that. Agreed. Yeah. And you don't want to cross the line, but then again, we live in a post-S Craig Zoller world yeah. where it's like, no, you can just dive over that line and never look back, and I'm going to be on board if your characters are tight. Yes. And these characters are very tight. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what it is. It's more a mark of the time where it's like, now we exist in a world where it's like, well, this movie is so well put together where I care about these women. Mm. You could go balls to the wall and get crazy with how like graphic this gets. Yeah. And I'd still be in. I'd be like way on board. Because now we live in a world where like movies are just crazy graphic. And as mm. long as we're in on the characters, we're, we're pretty good. Like, that's fine. Well, there know? also, like, seem to be, like, the, the, we, we've really benefited lately from a shift in terms of action movies. And I think those scenes are, are action where they attack them. Or, like, you know, like, I think for a long time it was what you were saying of, like, the culture at the time was, like, to hyper-edit yeah. these, mm. these fight scenes, to hide it. Almost, like, t- especially if he has TV credits, that oh, very yeah. much reminds me of, like, a Joss Whedon. Like, you, yeah. you, you like, hide the face as much as you can. You get the mm. stun actors in there. But, like, you know, like, I, th- I think there's been such a ter- turn with, like, James, James Wan and the Furious movies mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, David Leach, yes, doing like Deadpool yeah. two, but he's yeah. of John yes. Wick, the John yeah. Wick, yeah, John Wick, yeah. uh, Mad Max, even Mad yeah. Max, like, oh yeah, Mad George Max, Miller. like held George Miller held that camera on, love it so much longer. I adored that. I thought yeah. that was like that love changed it. action for me. Um, yeah, so like, if I wonder if if you gave him the chance to do it again, because this is what I will say about those monsters is like I thought when they were hyper editing them, I thought they're following the Jaws rule of yeah. less is more. The, yeah. le- the less you see of them, if you like stay disoriented, yes, but. Like to their credit and to his credit, when it slowed down and showed the monsters, just as terrifying. Like, oh yeah, they're great. They're great creatures. monsters. Really good creatures. Great really creatures. good creatures. Because yeah. they're, I mean, they're they're more makeup than they are rubber suit. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case that works great. You know, mm-hmm. you you a you see the humanity of them because of that because they do have a recognizable kind of like body. You know, and they they have a logical the way that they exist and move is logical. Yes. That would be an optimal optimal way to be a cave creature yes. would be to have a humanoid design with mm-hmm. you know different sensory input. Yeah, and and but like the way they drool and yeah. and the way the eyes are like not just blind but set in their head in strange yeah. ways mm. and the ears are a little deformed and like there's just all these great little details that are mostly makeup details yeah. as, as opposed to and I love like rubber suit creatures that's like actually like my I fucking love that in movies but I think that this movie escapes being a cheesy 80s homage mm. It's by, not a monster movie. It doesn't right, feel like that yeah. in the sense of I'm a monster yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. By grounding them in a in a more makeup based like kind of reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's like such a great choice and it for benefits this movie. From like com- you know, comparatively at the end, they're showing a lot of them. Yes. You know, relative to in the middle, but like they're not showing a lot of them. Right. Um, and a lot of it is hidden behind some of that hyper editing, and I wonder if that's why that decision was employed, but we still don't see a lot of them relative to the amount of creatures we see in even something like a quiet, the, totally. a quiet place, you yep. know? And so we're getting the best of both worlds with that, you know? I yeah. think we are, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, man, I fucking love this movie. And I this movie, like, holds up every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. it there are iconic shots that I remember that every, when they happen again, I'm like, that, it, it's exactly like I remembered it. It's as thrilling as it was the last time I saw it. Um and then there's just like a lot of beauty in this movie that I feel like I, I don't would kill see to in... see this projected on film. Yeah, because it, it had to have been shot on film. Yeah, and just even watching it now on Netflix, like we streamed it and projected it, yeah. so it's it's got it looked the, good. Whatever. It looked good. I mean, it looked as yeah. good as, as we're gonna get in a in a home in viewing setting. setting. Yeah, right. Um, 
But there were certain aspects of it where I was like, that's on film. Yeah. That is on film. <laughs> Watch it turn out to be digital. And we yeah, 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 yeah. But it just felt very I guess it much like. Been at that time, but. I mean, it, it's weird to think of 2005 as long ago, but that was yeah. 13 years ago. Right. And so it does look old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's what got me this time. And usually when something looks old, I start my list of concessions that I will have to make yeah. because it's old, you know, where it's. It might be, you know, there might be like moral issues with it. There's quality issues with it. Yeah. And I was ready to make all of those concessions. And the only one at all that I had to make was just knowing that it wasn't a real cave. Right. Um, and that was not an easy one to make. Yeah. 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 No, I'm saying that, that was not was a difficult one to make. One. It yeah. was an easy yeah. one to make. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so weird when you see a movie that seems so slick yeah. now seem dated. Yes. But the dated aspect of it made it so much more enjoyable now. Like it yeah. really warmed my heart. I agree. It ha- it has an almost like uh, I mean it doesn't look like this, but I think you'll know what I mean. It has an almost VHS quality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a vid like a VHS tape, but it like right. it feels like the kind of thing I could have picked up in the VHS era. You oh know? yeah. And um, it's probably cheap as shit. Uh, you know, uh, I bet this was a very inexpensive movie because this was only his second movie, I think. He had, he had done Dog Soldiers before this, and I, I think it was just this. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, it's set in America, but I don't think it was an American production, technically, either. It was a UK either. production. It was shot entirely in the UK, but it was set in, in America. Yeah. Um, what am I looking up? The budget and shit? Budge. Yeah. yeah. The budge. Yeah, Anyone I imagine. Take a bet? Uh, on Ooh, the budge? Budge. I'm it's definitely under 20 mil, I would say. That would be my guess. Under 20. Oh, I'll give you. Are you going even lower? Yeah. All right, here's I'll... the thing. I'm the information I have is in the budget is in Euro, but the box office is, is in American, in American Cold Hard. American All right. So 2005, let's assume that you know the Euro is like a dollar fifty to a dollar. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I don't even know what that means. Honestly, <laughs> if I read <laughs> this euro as dollar, it would actually make sense for what this movie okay. looks like. Okay. I'll say this movie cost um uh uh $3 million to make. $3 million? Yeah. I feel like it's got to be like between 10 and... I bet it's between 10 and 15. Okay. The budget was three point five million you euro. Oh, oh. And we can look up that exchange yeah. rate at some point. And then the box office, guess American dollar. I feel. I mean, I feel like this was big because I saw it in a packed theater, but I don't know that that necessarily. Means so the it festival crowd, but it had a buzz. Yeah, and then it did get a release in a sequel. Yeah. So it, it, it did okay. I will say this: it is successful relative to its, its budget. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, which means that it's successful. It's like a it thirty million it's dollar. Huge. I'll say fifteen million. I'll, I'll switch it. Yeah. Fifty-seven point oh, one wow. million. I think that's very yeah. That's office. pretty good. So that's a pretty incredible turnaround yeah. for a horror release too. Yeah, like, that's really good. And a lot of that I think came off of uh, you know came off of Buzz. Yeah, that's crazy to me that for three million dollars they built those sets and they like that's wild. All right, I feel like that's become five. the model. Like I do think that that's like Blumhouse. No, that's you're Blumhouse's. not wrong. Blumhouse is like under five basically. Yeah. Um, which you know, it's great. Like, it's also like I think I think this more like I I like in very much the um, you know, the line of like the Roger Corman like Scorsese and James yeah. Cameron. Like, I think this is like horror is is the like place where you you kind of get grind your teeth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you have to be able to yep. to shoot really well because you got to be able to make the most of what you have with yeah. horror. That's what we do on this show. Yeah. Movie movies. Movies that use every aspect of their medium. With horror, you have to do it because horror, God willing, is the most fantastical film that you can make. Yeah. Right. We hope that life is not what the horror movies show us. Yeah. 
Thus, we love to watch horror movies. Yeah. And so they have to show us something crazy. Yep. And they have to make it look believable enough for a viewer. Yeah. I read on the IMDb page uh, right after we watched the movie that the crawler, the creatures yes. in this are were all he hired professional actors, oh. not stunt people, because he wanted them to all have their own like, like personalities. Personality. Wow. I think that shows. I think that, that does. does show. Yeah. I think, I think it definitely. I shows. think that does show. Well, it's just, you know, like like you were saying that like female creature has like a very almost emotional moment and, yeah. and, and an emotional response to something. Uh, and so, and that is a very distinctly different kind of personality from some of the other creatures we see. Right, that is really interesting. Right, I th- uh, yeah, fellas, you've made a, a a convert. I'm not a huge horror guy. Oh, interesting. So this, you've made a huge. I like. I think I just like good movies. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. watch like the good horror movies. Yeah. I'll watch like the either spectrum. Like I'll watch yeah. like the really bad horror movies, like yes. super cheesy. I'm all in. Yeah. yeah. I love like sleep. We love that stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Like Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway love, Camp's amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but then like the like the really like good ones like The Shining like and this yes. feels this really does feel like weirdly I think I think you nailed it it's like weirdly homage but like original like it never feels like it always feel it doesn't feel like Stranger Things where it's like knocking me over the head yes it's like no like I just like it, it has that like Paul Thomas Anderson like I've just seen a b- ton of movies and I have I know how to make this yeah. I know. I've I know I've seen Alien a bunch and yeah. I can make my own Alien. That's yeah, it's like ass. happily wearing your influences on your sleeve yeah. w- while making your movie yeah. with with those influences. The other thing I think is that like to your point, what I've always loved about this movie and every time I rewatch it, it holds up as this is this is to me this is like art house horror to some extent. Yeah, like it, it there's it a, certainly had that brand to it um this came like in 2005 was a little it was like sort of in the heart of the quote-unquote french new wave yes and this is not french but it started to inspire the idea of just like anything from you know like we saw when the japanese uh, wave of horror came in and then it started there was that korean wave influx of just japanese looking horror that was asian and then ultimately it turned out that that South Korea was the best at, at yes. making movies. I can't watch South Korean horror movies. Yeah, they're it's, it's crazy. Somebody, somebody tried to show me the audition that. in high school. Oh. I was like, <laughs> nope, I turned it off. I was like, I'm out. Have you seen audition? I haven't. Oh, my fucking It's so crazy. It'll haunt you. It is very upsetting. This came on the heels of the French New Wave where it was like, oh, it's it's... It's European. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's good now. Yeah. And well, so I think this got a yeah. boost and then it just like, was valid. A pool of blood is not a scary scene. Right. That is very much a <laughs> we want to see a woman emerge covered yes. in blood. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was it's the best. It's just mm. awesome. That and that's that's what I mean. It's like I don't even think it's like I didn't mean art house horror in like a uh, uh any just sort of like it was riding some kind of wave. I, I legitimately mean like there is uh there's some sort of artistic merit to this movie that I don't always find in horror. Yeah. Um, that and even in like the brand of more like artistic merit horror, this is like more at the top of that pile for me personally. Like yeah. I just I think that there is a, a a sense of craft and style here that is so precise and and unique to this movie. Yeah. While still having those like those little bits of carpentry kind of score moments mm. and things like that. Yeah. It just this. Well, then you ask what defines Carpenter. The best thing about Carpenter is that he is one of the purest filmmakers that is defined by his limitations. Yeah. Where he's got a certain amount of materials to work with, so he's just going to maximize use of that. And so for this to exist 
obviously created by a fan of Carpenter, but yep. literally in the exact same situation. Of course, he's going to come across some of the same tricks and yep. use them and employ them in a way that is not is not going to be aping or parody. No, it yeah. comes out of the same necessity, but is informed by that previous taste. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. This does have a very like mouth of madness uh-huh. quality mm-hmm. to it. I feel that. And also like the thing, like obviously it's yeah. like oh, yeah. very heavily the thing. Like you would like even though like she does like stab Juno, I think that's such a great twist. Like it, uh, you could totally see like like I don't know, like some like weird twist where like if it went down like the crazy route way, where like her and Junior like are like not sure, like have like that very thing ending. I you know I actually like at watching it this time I was like man that would be kind of interesting if if she just let Juno lie to her and then wa- like kind of saved Juno like got out of the cave with Juno yeah and then like they got in the car together and we know that she knows that Juno's yeah, been yeah, lying yeah. to her. Uh, and and kind of just like leave it at that because I, I think that would be like a very interesting tense moment. To Hokey, the, but it would be great on. if she was driving and then she saw a truck coming the other way. Yeah, and then like puts on her seatbelt and like starts <laughs> yeah, to swerve. Yeah, yeah. Roll credits. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, um, let's write that movie. Yeah, we'll call it The Descent Three. Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think you should watch uh, Doomsday. I haven't seen Neil that. Marshall. Yeah, I have not. Not a follow up to this. This is the next movie after yeah. that. But it's funny because this uh, this does logically exist stylistically between Dog Soldiers, which is very much a man in a furry rubber suit uh, yes. werewolf movie, yeah. and then Doomsday, which is a little bit more wearing its influences on its sleeve and and really leaning into trying to be this mix of you know Assault on Precinct Thirteen and uh, the Warriors. But then also it's a medieval movie, oh, wow. which he then follows with Centurion, a full-on medieval movie. Yeah. So it's wild to see this, which then he becomes Game of Thrones he, guy. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, between Dog Soldiers and Doomsday, uh, once you see Doomsday, you'll be like, of course, uh, uh, the descent you know, that looks the way it does. It makes the most sense. Yeah. And when I think about what aligns with my tastes, uh, I... That's kind of the perfect uh, segment on that timeline that <laughs> yes, I'm painting yeah. with my hands that yeah. the people at home can't see. Yeah. Uh, where the descent exists is like perfectly aligned to my tastes. Yeah. So even if he makes a better movie, he probably has made a better movie technically. It's never going to escape that that perfect spot of love. Yeah. This is like you know what how you can tell that like it's like magical is because afterwards I was looking at the poster. With there's a poster that, that check it out with all the the women forming a skull on the yes. poster, and that's based on the Dali painting. Which that's like so above, like you can tell, like that's so far beyond that. If you're in post production and the art department gives that big of a shit about this movie, yeah, yeah that's like, true. That's so cool. Yeah, I want. I really. And the other thing I was wondering is, I wonder who the DP is on this movie, and like, put, yeah, there's yeah. there's the Dali photo. Next wow, to it. isn't that cool? That's so cool. So it so yeah. it is classy. They're, yeah, they're trying. It to it is. They are a little yep. bit something classy. Yep. Yeah, they. Uh, the DP. Yeah, because it is. I mean, this is a very unique movie as far as its cinematography goes. It, you know, very intentionally is like mostly only lit by the lights that the characters have on them. Yeah. In doing that, it's a very dark movie, but yeah. there is a lot of shadow and light contrast yeah. that allows you to pretty much always know what's going on, even if you. There are definitely moments in this movie where I'm like, ah, I, I wish I could see more of this. Yeah, but it feels very intentional. But that's very intentional. It yeah. feel, you are lost in this cave with them. Right. Um, and that is such a... If you think about that, that is such a unique proposition 
to even go into, let alone to succeed at making a movie that works at all. Right. When that's like the the kind of artistic uh, uh, goal is, is to make it somewhat disorienting and indiscernible. Yeah. Even with the camcorder, like yeah. you could very easily, you know, go like the corny, like the Cloverfield. Yes. Camera footage, and it doesn't like no, where it's yeah. just like they throw the wreck on. It's like, oh, this is that like actually a- got like benefit that that benefited from being dated for me. Yes, yeah. I kind of liked that that was dated. Yes, uh, it 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 just hit me right in a, a loving spot. Well, because if we did it's to Frank's point, it's like if we did that now, the movie would probably literally become a found footage movie from the moment they turn that mm. camera on, and then it would never stop. Right, because it 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 is a, a plot device that works very well, which is like. Well, with the camera, I could fucking see down here. Right. So mm-hmm. I should just right. use that from now on. Mm-hmm. But because so the, many found footage movies are based on that as their ex- core exactly. concept. Yeah. And because this is pre-found footage, basically, you know, mm. not entirely, but basically, oh, when we do recommendations. I'm going to get into some found footage. Okay, shit. great. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because it's basically pre-found footage, they just they just let us know that they're using the camera as a tool that way. But we don't have to actually experience the movie through yes. that, yeah. right? Right, and th- that's kind of cool. I mean, especially in, in a movie like this where it's not about our experience, yes. we feel that claustrophobia because they do. Yeah, I'm falling down a weird IMDb hole here. The guy who directed the sequel of this movie, yeah. directed 120. I'm sorry, uh, edited 127 hours. Weird. Oh wow, interesting. He also edited like every fucking big British movie, Layer Cake, every Danny Boyle that wow. you can find. Yeah. Um, There's but like hyper editing. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The DP uh, Sam McCurdy, he did the Descent Part Two. Uh-huh. He did Centurion. Uh huh. Um, but he also has like other things such as Game of Thrones, The Devil's Double, The Collection. He's oh. jumping out to you. Oh, Devil's Double's good. Devil's yeah. Double is good. Yeah. Um, you know stuff like that. Uh, the Lost in Space show on Netflix. Yes. Oh, which Into Neil the Badlands. Neil Marshall directed. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's Neil Marshall's guy then. I yeah, think so. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely his guy. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy that he edited all that stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, it is a very uniquely shot movie. It, there, I've never seen another movie that really goes for what this is is doing, uh, and and it's so successful at it. It's wild. There's a thing that they did in this movie that I've started looking out for, and two movies that highlighted it for me that I saw. Uh, well, I saw Spider-Man: Homecoming for the second time. Oh yeah, and the big car sequence does a yeah. lot where Michael Keaton's face is illuminated in either red or green as. Uh, with reflection to oh, the wow. streetlights. Yeah. And so as he has different ideas, and of course he sells it just like a mother. Yeah. And it, you know, it goes with that. Another one that I saw for the first time recently was Suspiria. Yeah. And Suspiria is very much a red and green movie, but it does not look like Christmas. Yeah. And so they did something <laughs> in this movie where at the beginning the cave was always illuminated in red because yeah. of their flares. Yeah. And there's a moment after the creatures attack where we sort of catch a breath. Yes. And we follow the two sisters, uh, Rebecca and was it Sam? Mm-hmm. And they crack a light, and, and it's, it's a green, green light. Yeah. I noticed that. As soon as that. it goes goes green, you sort of have that exhalation. Yeah. And you go, okay, everything's okay. And for a couple minutes, all of the green scenes are are peaceful, and it gives yeah. us that break. And then they break that rule almost immediately yep. when they have to stay quiet in order uh, for the creature to pass, to pass by them, by. and it's in the green. But because they never have to deal with the creature, it remains green, yeah, and you yeah. still get that breath. And all it is is in a gaudy show of just bright red or bright green. Yeah. That is very impressive to me to do something. So, and that's where Suspiria mostly affected yeah. me, is that it's gaudy as fuck. Some would say ugly, but in a weird, almost primal way, it does switch those things works, off in you. Yeah. I did feel relaxed, despite the fact that their problems have compounded times a million. Yeah. 
and yet, you know, it, they it, even felt they they laid down and like took a nap. But yeah. once they like mm-hmm. fell asleep, it was insane. Like, Now's our chance to yeah. chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there. Uh, one of the things I noticed just speaking about the cinematography on this watch was as soon as she wakes up in the hospital from the accident in the beginning of the movie. She's already in a cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shoot the hospital bed where only the hospital bed has light on it. Everything else around her is dark. She already looks like she's in the cave setting that she'll end up being in. Mm. And then she walks out of her room into a hallway that just keeps getting more and more oh, dark. Yeah, the darkness starts chasing yeah, her down the hallway. Yeah. She she just wakes up from that accident already in a cave. Right. You know what I mean? Which right. is just a very interesting kind and of... And there's a foreshadowing there that just occurred to me uh, then uh, now, what's the the sporty one? What is her name? Oh, uh, that wait, gets Juno? The neck, the oh, Beth, uh, Beth. Beth. I keep wanting to say Susan. I don't know why the fuck I'm saying <laughs> Susan. She's the one that comes running in and yes. grabs her and is like, you know, you're okay yep. and all that. And it's that exact same instinct that she ran in on Juno <sighs> to get throat right. stabbed. Yep. Almost the exact same angle on the shot. Yeah, that's interesting. So like, that's cool that that's a thing she does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Susan. Beth. Yeah, yeah. They all kind of got punished, like not punished, like in like the like you know. Uh, traditional like uh, Friday the Thirteenth way, but they all right. like get punished for like their thing. Yeah, like Beth, you know that's what causes Beth to die. Mm-hmm. Sam is like the climber, the, and that's yep, yep. what she kills gets her. The hand thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess I guess Rebecca just for being like a I think for being like a bad doctor because suddenly I think it turns for her when like Rebecca's been like I even said it, I was like that's oh, not hypocrite. She uh, she gets oh yeah that was very funny. <laughs> she gets her comeuppance comes because she's at a point where they're all like come back we actually have supplies. Yes, but she's so in a rush to get out that she continues climbing across and is ultimately eviscerated by a creature. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's brutal. I but this, this is one of those, like, movie. this is one of my favorite movies to watch someone watch. Yeah. And even though our initial goal was to get someone who didn't know there were monsters. We really wanted to find somebody that, that would just yeah. blow that we could have gotten a mind. better... I enjoyed watching you watch yeah. that more than I could ever imagine someone not knowing there was monsters watching yeah. it. Yeah. Even trade. It was, yeah, it was such a blast to just, like, it, honestly, what the thing that was most thrilling to me was that you were so into the cave parts of mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've always felt that that is what's so great about this movie is like it it could never become a creature feature, and I'd still and be fine. so into it because yeah. it's just such effective, tense horror movie making, even without creatures. I loved that you were having that experience with it. That was like very uh, enthralling. To I mean, me. Gary, I think you named like you nailed it on the head. I think when you said like it, there, it's not like it becomes a different movie, right? Like from Dust of Dawn, like just to bring it yeah, full yeah. circle. Yeah. And I think it is because like at that point, I'm like, well, caves are the scariest place in the world. <laughs> yeah. So why of course, why be? would there not yeah. be? Mo- yeah. Why of would there, there's yeah. monsters here? Uh, yeah, that's like the most natural thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, the fr- if I fell into a cave, yeah. my first thought wouldn't be how am I going to get out of here. It would be like, well, I need to build a weapon in case there's monsters, yeah. and then yeah. we're going to work on an escape. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it would be. It makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. And I do love that that does logically fit into the idea of like the reason this cave isn't discovered is not because it's not traversable. Right. Depending on how you read the ending, it <laughs> might be completely traversable. Right. But nobody got through because they got eaten by animals. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we we see. Uh, I assume at least a century's worth of bones in there. Mm-hmm. In, in their, oh, uh, one of which was used in a very tomahawk-like style. Oh, uh, there like was a, a little bit of a bone uh, tomahawk like a bone in here. Tomahawk man. Yep, that's pretty good. <laughs> have you seen Bone Tomahawk, Frank? I have. Uh, <laughs> bone Tomahawk <laughs> fucking rips. That, that movie's movie awesome. The only reaction awesome. to have you seen Bone Tomahawk if you have is I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was one that like maybe I I did not. 
I did not know about we that didn't know going about in. That movie when yeah, we watched yeah. It. I thought it was very much like going to be like a hell or high water, and yeah. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, yeah. that movie takes a turn. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell's the best. I, I would argue that Kurt Russell is America's greatest actor, dude. You're, I'm not putting up any fight. <laughs> yeah, I've no, said on this the right show, people. my favorite actor ever is yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, the best could be argued. Well, yeah. here I will argue it's the best because, and I always use Tom Hanks as the example. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Great actor, and like in the movies that are great, he is elevated. He is he is beyond professional. You know, yeah. Nicholson, like same thing, like yeah. like whatever. Like you can name a great actor, but Tom Hanks in bad movies, yeah. I think he, I think is bad. Okay, Kurt Russell okay. has been in many bad movies. He kills it every every time. time. <laughs> every time he makes it you better. Know who I compare him to my. Uh, they're the two most fun people to watch are Kurt Russell and Dolly Parton. Why? Oh yeah, because no matter what they're surrounded by, you know. That they're at work that day having fun. Yeah, <laughs> they're having fun. Kurt yeah. Russell is never not having fun. Yeah, and and even if he's playing a role that doesn't require a fun sure. look, you can tell that he's having fun. Yeah, and it works. And Dolly Parton, hundred percent of the time, she yeah. has been in some dog shit. Sure, and she turns that dog shit into the it, like bedazzled gold <laughs> because she's she's in it. And I I can't do anything but respect someone who can come into any project and just. Do their best because they love it. Yeah, I think that's why the first half of a Soldier is so tough. because they're robbing Kurt Russell of his ability. To, like they like took like the uh, one. Soldier was kind of a fun movie. Oh, I, that's I the second half. Soldier. I think it really pulls around. I'm yeah. like, yeah, have I'm, you seen Soldier? I have not. Uh, Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson. Oh yes, that one. <laughs> and it's one of the early adopters of like a bullet time shot. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not. Great. Oh, yeah. it's bad, but, but it's like it's fun. Yeah, but yeah. it's pretty great. I mean, I'll watch Kurt Russell do anything. Yeah. I, he's that's it. I will. That's I'll watch exactly him do anything. Yeah. You'll watch him do anything, yeah. and he'll be happy to do anything yeah. so long as you watch. Yeah. Well, and you and I always talk about that, Dan. It's like the the real charm and magic of Kurt Russell that I, I really can't think of anyone else that quite does this. Is he is the hunky action hero that we all love and we've had mm-hmm. plenty of. But he's also willing to wear lipstick while he does it. Like he's willing to be like a kind of the he butt. He could be the butt of the joke. He could be yeah. the butt of the joke. Yeah. And there are very few hunky action stars. Are, are you referencing Tango and Cash? I, I actually <laughs> was referencing Big Trouble uh, Little Big China. Big Trouble Little China. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but Tango, Tango and Cash, Cash is, he has yes. to escape as a hooker. Yep. But multiple and movies where he so literally funny. has worn lipstick yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And even in that movie, there's like two scenes later where he just hasn't gotten changed yet, and they just him and Stallone make jokes to each other about it. It's yeah. so funny. It's uh, he just he's willing to be the butt of the joke, and there's very few, I, I think, like hunky action stars. That, uh, that it's all that. about the ego, yeah. and he yeah. doesn't have one. Yeah. It ends up being yeah. the best. Yeah. he's the best. He's the best. I uh, love how the descent has gone yeah. into just let's. Suck I think I need to because the descent is such. The descent is such like still like wrapped. Right I'm now? I am like, like I am like a cat. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> Like I am as if a cat had just accidentally been standing next to a a bunch of fireworks going <laughs> off. <laughs> Which that cat probably lit the little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know what it would do. Ugh. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I really liked that statement better when it's I feel like I'm a cat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> flames. Of that makes sense. Yeah, he's a. I I am very excited. I I feel excited for Neil Marshall to do more. Yeah. Um. I he always crushes those Game of Thrones episodes. Yep. But we're coming to the end of Game of Thrones. I'm sure he'll have the big final. He's battle. got a Hellboy on the way, but baby. He does have the Hellboy on the way. But I also, I I love that he is tied into these things. But he's another one of those filmmakers where I'm like, like I couldn't be happier. 
that Edgar Wright left Ant Man. Right. I'd love to see his Ant Man. Yeah. But we got a baby got driver a baby out driver. of it, and that's yeah. that is so much more. I hope that Neil Marshall does not Peter Jackson. Right. And I hope that he manages to use some between time to do some passion things yeah. because he's clearly interested in all the stuff that I love and clearly knows how to do it in a way that is caring and harrowing. Yeah. I need that. I want is, more is, is Hellboy obscure enough of a property that like he could make the Hellboy that he wants to? Very true. For I sure. mean, that's what Toro did. Yes. And yeah. It's yeah. A, that's fantastic. Even the way Hellboy looks in the movies is not actually that uh, direct to the comic. No. In, in the comic, he's a very slender, tall, mm. thin being, you know? Yeah. Whereas he's this enormous Ron Perlman character. Right. The comics the... feel angular, too. And yeah. Guillermo del Toro is, is a man of, of curves. Yes, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. In the way that, you know, there's not a lot of edges to his imagery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it, yeah. but that's only to say that, like, I think Hellboy as a character, since his on-screen presence so far has been... Uh, tonally very much in line with the comic, but like visually not. Mm. I think he's a pretty flexible, amiable character. I think. The, oh yeah. I think Neil Marshall could very much. The other thing is the hard work goes on. Um, why can't I think of his name? David Harbor. David Harbor. Yeah, he's the one that has to step out from under. I mean, Ron Perlman. I often joke that they just painted him red. Yes, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't really do yeah, anything. Yeah. He has a crazy fist, yep. hand, and horns. He's just <laughs> he's a crazy looking guy. Yeah. So he's got a lot to, to live up to. The one thing that I will say that I think is going to play very well for Marshall is that the one thing that uh, Del Toro is very different on in his interpretation of Hellboy is his Hellboy movies are, uh, this is the wrong way to say this, but quote-unquote like kid movies. Mm. His Hellboy movies are fantasies that are yeah. a kind of, of light touch and tone. The Hellboy comic book is like pretty dirty and dark and 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 can be rough, mm-hmm. uh, and is full of like bad language and violence and like a lot of things that he did not bring to his interpretation of Hellboy. Right. Those things all very much seem in line with Neil Marshall's sensibilities. Oh, absolutely! And so I'm very interested to see. He has said that his Hellboy is going to be a very R-rated Hellboy, oh, and I'm very interested to see what that means and how that makes. I think it's going to be. So its you're own telling me you want Neil Marshall to make Blade? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, he would probably make an amazing he would make blade. A pretty movie. cool vampire. I mean, yeah, yeah, those those descent creatures like are not too far. Like, uh, uh, if Gamera Totoro had been able to do like a Blade Two version of Hellboy, yes, that's probably what this looks like. It's like a true, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, oh man, yeah. I'm so pumped for that. The horrors of a Hellboy. Like, if you could make a, the descent of the Hellboy, that's that's what I'm into. Yeah. And that, but I agree with you, Dan. I am very interested to see whether Marshall can get back into making some movies that are more his movies because he spent a oh, yeah. lot of time in TV over with the recent budget. years. Yeah, yeah. I, um, same thing. With, he's like another one, like a James Gunn. Like, yeah. all right, I'm into the Guardians and all that, but yeah. like, you you made Slither. Yeah, dude. Right. Like, you've yeah. got a brand. You give made me Super. Something. Like, give me. Yeah, yeah. give me something. Yeah. And I I think Neil Marshall will though. He I, yeah. seems to like to work. Yeah, I I my guess would be the Hellboy gig is like a great. I'm gonna get back into movies with Hellboy. And Hellboy will probably be big and successful, and then I can mm. make my movie. I hope of, so. You know, I hope, I hope so. The, yeah, I definitely hope so. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's great. He's like an unsung uh, uh, talent. I think uh, as far as filmmaking goes. There's a line in Dog Soldiers that I have to spoil for you. Oh, I please. told you this. Yeah. Uh, Dog Soldiers is great. <laughs> it's it's definitely the most amateurish of his movies because naturally it is. It's yeah. it's an earlier one. Yep. And uh, there's a part where a giant, you know, furry suit werewolf. <laughs> And they're huge. They're like 10 feet tall. A big dog about soldier. to eat this tiny little guy, and it's been a badass battle. And the tiny little guy, just as he's about to be eaten, goes, I hope I give you the shits. <laughs> Hard as fuck. It's so good. That is such oh, like, British humor, too. That's oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's such British humor. Yeah. But of course he would say that. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, 
It, it, that's the much harder version of the Inglorious Bastards. Uh, you know, well, there's a level in hell for men who waste good scotch. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, any final thoughts on the descent? Anybody? Yeah, anything anybody else has got? I think I, I uh, emptied the tank on the descent. Yeah, I, I'm 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 going to be very thoughtful of it for the for the, like this was this is a top notch movie. This was uh, very. Oh, I love hearing I'm so that. Glad yeah, very well made. Yeah. yeah, I'm super glad that you're into this. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we kind of we pulled you in here on a lark. We literally tweeted that we were looking for someone who had never seen the descent. I'm very happy. I I w- I came in, I think, with the prejudice of it just being like kind of like a throwaway B movie. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I, I like I did. I thought it was going to be like horror movie schlock. Sure. Was not that. I, I love was, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, so I'm glad board. to hear you say that. I'm on board. I'm a convert. That's great. Here's an interesting trivia piece from IMDb. So it was of course dubious yes. because we don't know. But I wonder if this is true. Um, that has happened this once happens an episode all the time for like the last I, I ten get episodes. Too handy with the microphone. Dan just destroys his mic stand. <laughs> I'm an enthusiastic man. Um, it says the appearance of the creatures was kept secret from the cast members until the first scene in which they encountered them. So they didn't know what the creatures looked Interesting. like. Interesting. Not that they didn't know the Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. They, they like got like a different script. Like. Yeah. <laughs> when the cast were finally filming the scene where the girls encountered the crawlers, the girls were genuinely scared and screamed the building down, running off set and laughing. <laughs> That's very funny. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I know a piece of trivia that you and I have always been interested in, Dan, which we proved somewhat untrue tonight, but most of even the creatures are played by yes. women. This this Most movie is mostly a female cast. There's yeah. a handful of male creatures. There's the husband character. That's it. Everybody else is is female in this movie, he gets which is stabbed in the head. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, you guys would know the production name of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Chicks with picks. <laughs> oh man. Chicks with. It's picks. probably just what was on the yep. you know yeah. the clapboard. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Six cave sets were built for the film. That makes sense. That makes you sense. You can film that yep. enough ways to make yep. it look like a whole thing. Yeah, and I think even some of the wide shots looked like old school, like matte paintings. Yeah. Like behind yeah. just like a small set, you know, which I loved. There That's was one incredible. shot where, and I think it was when Juno turns around and sees the creatures coming. It looked as if uh, it was one of those where she was just on a set. Yeah. And then they just layered over another film cell yep. of them yep. crawling. And I love that. I love that the way that looks. So good. Yeah. That and also, you actually pointed this out. Every girl in the group's from a different country. Yeah. Oh, interesting. They're from a different country. Uh, there, there is a, a very interesting thing with those few shots where we just kind of... Tell me if you guys are following me on this, but like, there's a few shots where like we see a lot of the creatures in the distance. And yes. they, they almost look like, like cockroaches moving on the ground or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That reminded me almost of like... I don't know, like Renaissance era paintings or something. Oh, yeah, Do you know absolutely. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Demonic painting or painting that's yeah. supposed to depict a nightmare. And they said these creatures were based on Nosferatu. Yeah. Oh, but that Nosferatu's totally makes sense. imagery is based on exactly that. Exactly that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Limb, yeah. Uh, limb over limb, just a. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What's the one of the. Uh, I can't remember what the character's name is, eating his baby. Oh, God. It's of that, that yeah. ilk. I can't remember what that character's name is, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it, to- it totally reminded me of that. I, I, yeah, this movie's just fucking great. And I had another fact here that popped up, and I forget it. Um, I do not know. Chicks with picks we were talking about? Ah, whatever. I'm done. I got right. it. Don't wait yeah. for me. Fill great. the air. Fill the air. Everybody goes from a different com- uh, country. But we're good. Oh, I had something, and it's going to kill me. What were you talking about before that? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, okay. It'll yeah. come back to me if it uh, does, yeah. if it doesn't. Yeah. I think it's wrap-up time. Yeah, it's cool. wrap-up time. Yeah. 
We're, we're going through IMDb facts. So I think it's time to, oh, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to wrap it up. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, would you like people to be able to find you on the internet? Yeah, sure. Uh, you could uh, find me on Twitter at, at Home Run Farrell. That's Home Run Farrell. Yeah. Now I know your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, check out that. And I'll, I usually I do uh, sketch and improv stuff yeah. in the in the city, and I, I post it on there. So yeah, check which it is out. how uh, Dan and I know Frank. We uh, were on a show that he uh, he used to have. Yeah, at the uh, Good Good Comedy. Yeah, you were on my field. screenwriting show. Yes, yeah. it was a blast. That was very fun. Yeah, uh, super fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, check Frank out on on Twitter, and if you're in Philly, see him see him around in a sketch show or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. Also with an F. Still reviewing everything I watch. Cinadelphia.com and and uh, farsightedblog.com, where I'm still writing movie reviews, both of those places, which is fun. Dan, where can people find you? Me. Hi. Hello. Um, you can find me on everything at Dan Scully, Letterboxd, Twitter, all that stuff. Check out Cinadelphia.com, yeah. as well as Findy.com. Yeah. And uh, I think that is it for me. Of awesome. course, I like to movie movie. can be found everywhere. Did we do this yet? We didn't. I was I was actually going to ask if anybody had recommendations, and oh, then we'll yeah. do the movie movie plugs. Fair enough. Yeah. Any, anything you've seen recently, Frank, that you could uh, recommend to people? Something you just oh, thought was great? What did I just... Oh, yeah. You know what? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give two. Uh, Deadpool 2, I just saw today. Uh, awesome. Uh, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I think that that is just the nature of, of a sequel. Yep. Um, but still, like, really solid. So good. They did everything that... like I, I think I, I walked away, like... A little disappointed that it didn't surprise me, okay. but but that's not a bad thing. Like yeah, it, yeah, did every, it did everything. It did everything that it was supposed to do, right and yeah. well. Awesome. Um, something I just saw that I loved. Uh, I watched on Netflix was Gates of Heaven, uh, which is a 1978 Errol Morris documentary oh. about pet cemeteries, and it was what? awesome. Errol it is, Morris is legit. Errol Morris is. I I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, right I, I, I'm I'm a big Errol Morris guy, and I and it you can tell how much it influenced uh, Best in Show. Best in Show, oh. the way that they even speak in it, you can tell that they all watched Gates of Heaven. Just the 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 idiosyncrasies in the way that they deliver their lines. Interesting. Uh, Gates of Heaven is I haven't awesome. seen that one. It's so good. That oh, sounds right great. On. Yeah. That's cool. Uh well I'm my big recommend is gonna be what you and I watched Dan after our most recent episode of I Like to Movie Movie. Mm -hmm. Oh we, yeah we got done recording an episode and went, let's just keep hanging out. Let's watch a movie. So we watched Revenge uh, which is a new movie. I can't remember the filmmaker's name. Uh, it's Coralie. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I got you. I French, got you. right? You talk uh, about the movie. I'll yeah. get the name. Uh, revenge is a a rape revenge movie, but yeah. made in 2018 or 2017, I think actually. Uh, uh, so it ha has a very um, um, current, quote unquote, woke attitude towards uh, uh, rape revenge as a genre and style, uh, and it is incredible. Wow. Uh, it it is. It's insane. It, it's <laughs> fucking. Coralie Far... It's F-A-R-G-E-A-T. So Fargiat Far or Fargat or Fargat. Yeah. Fargat. Fargat. Yeah, Fargat. Coralie Foghat. Yeah, Coralie Foghat. Slow ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is revenge fucking rules. Wow. It is so brutal and crazy in ways that I just could not have anticipated. And it's so much fun. Has, it's, it's so it's fun. It's oddly joyous. Yeah. But... Not in a way that that oversteps bounds or yeah, I mean it doesn't yeah. undercut the uh, the the horrors at at, yeah. the, at the heart of this movie, uh, but it is fun and it's fucking crazy. It has the best finale I've seen in a long time. 
Uh, and and it is just such a great. It literally, if you think, if, if when you hear the phrase "rape revenge," you're probably very much thinking a very a very specific kind of movie mm, that yeah. came out of the '60s and '70s, uh, where rape is titillating, mm. uh, and and the violence is pretty much exclusively centered on the female character. Right. And the thing is, it's not not that movie right like it still scratches the itches that those movies when you when you can get past that and find them enjoyable but without any of that yes it's it's, the, it's so weird to, to walk that line and it, it is nails very it. much focused on the violence that happens uh, in retribution uh or however you want to say that in right. revenge right uh, revenge. And, and uh uh very much focused on the effects of the rape on the victim mm. uh, in, in a way that those movies often aren't. It, it basically inverses what you would think of as as a kind of standard rape-revenge narrative it, and is so awesome. It, it is such a fucking great movie. I loved it. It's and it's just best. a great midnight movie. It's like oh, yeah. so great. And, and that's the thing. It's the best exhibit for the notion of just like, you know, getting different voices to make movies. Yeah. Because it is... A rape revenge movie, and it is as thrilling and as fun and as eligible to be a midnight party as any of those movies, and it's better. Yes, uh, yep. because it has a different angle that those yep. don't typically see. Yeah, cool. It rules. Yeah. I fucking loved that movie. I can't stop thinking about it. I, I, that that movie is so great. I want to watch it a second time. Me too. And that's the thing; those movies you typically don't want to watch no. them again right away the second time. But this one, I could totally do. I, I wanted to watch it immediately. Yeah, because wow. it is just—it's it, awesome. It's so good. Yeah. What do you got, Dan? I've recently uh, have been sucking the dick of Shudder. Yes. Uh, I just subscribed to this service. Oh, wow. Um, just because I, I, I got back onto a horror kick. Yeah. And uh, it's it's incredible, the the selection. I love it. And so there's the a movie that I caught on it that's a made-for-TV movie from 1992 from the BBC called Ghost Watch. And Very familiar. Ghost Watch is. Have you heard of Ghost Watch? I have not. Apparently, a generation of people who are probably about our age now saw this on TV and it jacked them up. And what it is, uh, it's on Halloween night. They broadcast under the guise of this is a live program. And oh, they didn't the, uh... say like it is real or isn't real. They just didn't touch it. It was just we've got a live program and we're going to check out this house that is allegedly haunted. And so it is that program unfolding. And so it was presented as a live thing with people calling in. And apparently in real life, people did call in. Wow. But in that way, it is a very high concept found footage movie. Before the modern found footage movie, it's post Cannibal Holocaust, but like before the modern found footage yeah. movie right. does all the tricks they do, but does them better and is so committed to the actual. So many times found footage is an excuse to not have to build a movie. Right. And it, I do love found footage, but it can be done wrong. In this one, it is it commits so hard to this footage actually being found. Yeah. As opposed, you know, like there's no question of oh, who's filming? Why are they filming? That even though I know it was fake, I was in. And it's the first movie in a long time that legitimately spooked me. Like going down to the bathroom in the, in the middle of the night that night, I thought of something and peed faster. <laughs> it's it, Ghost Watch is legit, and it was like uh, it was like an Orson Welles War of the Worlds yeah. type thing. It it was broadcast in such a manner that many young people watching it didn't know they were watching a movie yeah. when they were watching it. Oh, wow. Um, oh, I want to check that out. Yeah. It's uh, cool. It's supposed Ghost to be great. I've never seen it, actually, and it's supposed to be great. It's great. And it's yeah. one of those where I thought, okay, I'm going to have to make concessions towards it for yeah, what it is. Yeah. Uh, until, like, the very end, which 
you have to do with every found footage movie yes. ever. Yeah. You have to make the concession of like, yeah. all right, you've escalated okay. this enough. Let's yep. roll credits. Yep. But really, really cool stuff. Ghost so, I gotta watch. I highly recommend. That. Yeah. It's probably available. I mean, you can probably I, I just gotta get that shutter subscription, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can find our show on uh, Twitter, Facebook.com slash I like two movie. It's numeric two. Uh, you can email us. I like two movie at gmail.com. We love to hear from people. Uh, send us, you know, uh, um, things you want us to talk about. Give us movies, recommend movies to us that you want us to uh, watch and talk about. Uh, I mean, you can do that anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, um, and uh, uh, find us on, on iTunes and, and rate and review us in the store there. That is uh, super helpful to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you leave a review there, there's a good chance we'll uh, talk about it on the show at some point in the future. Uh, so I think that's it. We can wrap it up. Uh, Frank, we wrap the show up the same way every time. You'll pick it up as we go around the table here. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And my name is Frank Farrell, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we like, like to movie! movie.